Hello, Master. It's been a while. We are off on an adventure! This is good. When it gets strange like this, it's a good thing. For what it's worth, I've got a good feeling about this. Trust me, Hera. I'm excited. This is my excited face. Get ready to be impressed! You ready to be impressed, Tam? I'm completely ready. Bright suns, everyone. You're listening to the Geeky Bubble Podcast, where we talk about the Star Wars animated shows from the comfort of our own geeky bubble. I'm your host, Jonah Marie, and with me is the Pafti Tumaya Soka, my mom, Maria. Yay! <laughs> Today, we're going to discuss Tales of the Jedi. Yes, this is true. But first, mommy, how are you? It's been so long. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, you right? know. Yeah. Life. Life going on and me try to swim through it. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Um, but we're happy to be back and talk about Star Wars. Um, I know I've taken a small break from it recently, and it's nice to be back into this universe of lovable characters and, you know, heartbreaking episodes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it, it never fails, Dave. No, Dave. Dave. Never fails. <laughs> yes, it's his uh, forte. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the first episode in the Tales of the Jedi series is Life and Death. And mommy, I wanted to know from your perspective as a parent, why do you think it's important for children to be familiar with the reality of death? Because it's a reality. <laughs> yeah. it, it is part of their lives. Uh, it, it is part of their life cycle. They, they need to understand it in order to respect it. If they don't understand it, if they don't know what it is or where it's coming from uh, or why, they're not going to take it seriously and and a lot of things can happen due to that like we see right now there's too much violence and too much death around us and and yes well there's always been because this is human history it's part of who we are we see more and more that is they disassociate with it from it and and of course, they don't respect it, and bad decisions can come out of that. It's true, yeah. So, our children need to understand reality. They, they need to see it. You don't need to tell it to them how Ahsoka's so, mom did, because that was like, wow, okay, she took a hunting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? But there's ways for you to teach your kids, to for them to understand diversity, responsibility, what it means to take and give. And do you think a child as young as Ahsoka is able to comprehend what's happening in that moment? Especially since, you know, a few moments later, Ahsoka is giggling while her mother is trying to protect herself from this danger, this dangerous creature. I think at some level she may because this is their culture. So this is something that is already ingrained in, in their DNA. This is who they are. Mm -hmm. So I, I do believe that at, at some level she does. And she's just starting to get acclimated to that custom, to that um, culture. Yeah, Culture is not something we're necessarily born with it. We, we learn it. You know, we, most of the time we are born in it, but we learn it with, with time, with practice as we grow up. 
we make it part of us. So I think she is because when her mom quiet her down, she comes. She goes, you know, serious. Right. And she just stays quiet. So at some level, she does understand. Does she understand everything exactly and an exact meaning of it? No, because, of course, she's giggling when her mom is fighting. So to her, she's playing. Yeah. This you is, know? It's, a, it's a game. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I found it very interesting that this was one of her first profound experiences, being exposed to death. And what I liked about it is that Unfortunately, Ahsoka is exposed to death for the rest of her life. life. Yeah. And so it was really important for her to learn this lesson because this is going to be the, her reality. Yeah. And so she needs to understand it. She needs to accept it. And one of the things that I also liked about it is the fact that Anakin never really accepted his reality. His re- the reality of death. You know, yeah. he was trying to find a way to keep Padme alive. He was afraid of her dying. And that possibility consumed him. Yeah. And so for Ahsoka, she never let... It got to her towards the end. You know, like when she yes. said, I'm tired of fighting. You know, she did give in to the grief. But... She also learned to accept it and move forward. I also think that 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 she gave it up, not necessarily because of the loss itself, that she was uh, constantly um, uh, experiencing, mm-hmm. but of of the disappointment. Ah, yeah. Of how things turned out turn out and and that we're not getting better and and the frustration of not being heard so th- that that can also you know tire you you can be used to many things but if you're being attacked from all points around you it tires you right so yeah i do i do see that yeah and at one point pafti says we never take more than what we need and I feel like that is one of the common threads in these episodes because in later on we see that there are senators who become so greedy yes that they take and take and take without any consideration the consequences of what yeah. they're doing yeah and I just thought that was really an interesting choice of words because even in today's society it's all about consuming and consuming but we're not really thinking about the consequences that come from that. Consuming, accumulating, and getting used to the accumulation to the point where you will do anything and everything and even go against your own principles just to keep it. Yes, yeah. And when Ahsoka eventually connects with the, you know, space tiger, as I've been calling it. <laughs> that was a, a, a space saber tooth tiger. Yeah, that's true. A space saber tooth tiger. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> that detail was important. Um, it reminded me, of course, of Ezra and his ability to connect with other 
living beings. And so, uh, but the fact that she was able to do it so effortlessly at such a young age. Yeah, yeah, she just... It's really impressive. I, when, the, when the tiger went to, to open his mouth, I, I actually held my breath, even though I know Ahsoka doesn't die. <laughs> yeah, I do love that. I, I do love when you, um, when the saber-toothed tiger ended up taking Ahsoka, I remember you gasped. You're yeah. like... Oh. <laughs> And you did not see that coming. <laughs> yeah, and, and and you know, it's, it it goes to the the, the storytelling because you know the end, you know that she is not dead, but still, as the story is being told to you, you feel the emotions. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the same thing with Dooku. At one point, you know, Yaddle is telling him, "Come back, you know, help me now." And part of me, I know that Dooku is not, but, but part of I'm me is I'm hoping like, that yeah. he does. It's like, come on, Dooku, I, I believe in you. You know, <laughs> let's step into a parallel universe. <laughs> I know. Uh, unfortunately, that did not happen. happen. <laughs> um, let's see here. And uh, what do you think ended up happening to Ahsoka's parents? So eventually we know that Ahsoka gets collected by the Jedi, uh, you know, a few years from now, because the concept art that Dave had drawn at one point, she was already like standing and um, reaching out for Plo Koon. And so I imagine that's going to take place two or three years from now. But after that, what do you think happened to her parents? Or even before that, do you think they might have died or are they still alive, wondering whatever happened to their precious Soka? I don't think they're wondering what what happened to their precious baby because uh, the moment the the yeah. elder told her Jedi Ahsoka is a Jedi, yeah, you could see it in their faces. They knew, they knew what the outcome was gonna be. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think they're wondering. Although, like with every parent, most likely there is pride. You know, like, oh, oh yeah. my God, you know, my little daughter. But at the same time, sadness because she's not with us. Right. She didn't grow up with us. And being that the mother was such a, a firm believer on holding tradition, on doing the things, because we see the husband sort of like, you know, making oh, fun of her. Like, you know, that's, that's for old the old people, people. not you. <laughs> but she stands her ground and says, no, you know, like, this is who we are. I would think that she would have accepted it and carry it as a badge of honor because it's part of life. Mm-hmm. And that carries through their, the, obviously, that carries through their culture, the, the respect for life. Yes. The respect for the things that are. Yeah. That we know are, that we know exist. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Yeah. And and of course, I can't move on to the next episode without talking about those adorable puppies. Oh my god, I want one. They were so freaking adorable. When I saw them, I thought, "Oh my god." They didn't they look like Pita somehow, like, yeah. you know. So Pita is my uncle's dog, 
and she's a shih tzu, shih tzu. I believe. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, she did. She definitely has that like that cute, adorable nature to her, and she so, has that face that looks like a, a little um a little Ewok. Ewok. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so yeah, I got that vibe yeah. off of these little these little puppies. It's so cute. I want one. I know. I do want one as well. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it was about time that we got ador- an adorable little dog because we got like loth cats and tukas. And I'm sure and we was, got the lot wolf. You yeah, know? the lot wolf. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was great to have like a little domestic dog. Yeah. <laughs> so the next episode is justice. So why do you think they highlighted Ahsoka and Dooku? Because to me, they're very similar in that they became disillusioned yes. with the Jedi and. They obviously went Different their separate way. ways yeah. away from the Jedi, but very different, very different ways <laughs> from each other. But it was all because of the disillusionment, the, uh, the the experience that they had with the Jedi. Yeah, it, it, it's it's noticeable that um, that was the 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 underlying meaning behind it that you you have one person who slowly starts to see the corruption and and what is causing and the path it ended up choosing and then you see the other one as well seeing it uh, feeling it living it but then choosing a different path right yeah and then I don't know whether that was Dave's intention. It probably was just because, you know, we can say that he chose Ahsoka because he that's a character that he adores and he's been, you know, creating her stories since her inception. But uh, I like to think that, you know, he pulled Ahsoka and Dooku of all the other characters together because they both went through their own series of experiences that showed them that what I had signed up for or what I had been brought into isn't panning out the way that I thought it would pan out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, you know, with this episode and the other episodes that come after, it, it made me actually appreciate Dooku's character. Like, I never really thought, I like Dooku. That, that, that was never a thing in, yeah. in my mind. Uh, yeah. Um, um, in, and you can see... Uh, with this story, the parallels between Dooku and Anakin. Oh yes, in, in, in yes. how Palpatine manipulated them. Yes, in how he 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 manipulated everything around just so so that he could get what he wanted. Yeah, and what's great about Sidious is that he finds your weakness, weakness. and he's able to like pull on that thread. Because for Dooku, it was seeing the corruption that was happening in the Senate and the fact that the Jedi were like what uh, that soldier said, that they were lapdogs for the Senate. And to him, having peace and order was essential. That's what what um Sidious preyed upon. Yeah. And then for Anakin it was I need to you know keep, my, keep Pat made my wife, my loved one alive and, and I don't want this dream, this this premonition of mine to come true. 
I can show you the ways of how to keep her alive and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. It's master manipulator. Yeah. Yeah. What a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> the Sorry. ultimate jerk. Sorry to those who like him, but... <laughs> Justin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Justin. <laughs> um, so one of the reasons I, I really liked this episode was because it revealed that Dooku wasn't someone who just took things at face value. He investigated he yes. you know, to learn the truths that were being buried. To him, and it's funny because that's also then, then what we know of Dooku you know, is that he 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 manipulates the truth, you know? But his beginnings, that's what matters to him. Mm. It's the truth. You know, I need to revisit the, the movies and, and the Clone Wars because I honestly do not remember much of his character. Like I said, he wasn't ever a favorite of mine. So he wasn't someone that I just, like, I kept track of or understood or, or bothered to understand. But, yeah, I, I do like that that's what he... He he yeah he he was always yeah, yeah he 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 wanted to know why yeah the truth of the 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 reason why yeah at one point the senator tells Dooku and Qui Gon young Qui Gon with his chest all out oh and and you know what I what I was thinking the first time I saw Qui Gon. I said, hmm, he looks like Liam Neeson. Yeah. They, they, they gave him that look. But then I started thinking, like young Liam Neeson. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. In the uh, High Spirits movie. Oh, I never saw oh, that. Oh, he was so sexy. Oh. <laughs> Mommy. But he, has, he had that face. Oh, I gotcha. Of, 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 of that, the character yeah, yeah. in that movie. Oh, I gotcha. said, Oh, my. You need a- <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, but yes, he was telling, the senator was telling them, you know, you serve the Senate. And and then his response, Duca's response is, no, we serve the people of this republic, which is true. And so he he literally takes matters into his own hands and when he sees the people have been hurt. And he tells the senator, corruption like yours must be eradicated. And, and that's the moment that you know that um, it, it's sort of like the other extreme. Yes, yeah, yeah. You have one extreme corruption, corruption, but now you're seeing the other extreme, yeah, which is eradicating. Exactly. Th- that word means a lot. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's not corruption needs to stop. We need to mitigate, mitigate it. it. Yeah. We need to to halt it. No, we have to eradicate Wait, it. Which is another extreme upon another, another extreme. extreme. Yeah, and. And yet, at the same time, he doesn't see his own corruption mm, happening. That's an absolute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so, do you think Dooku was right in how he approached the situation by taking justice into his own hands? Like, does there come a point when that's what needs to be done because no one else is doing anything? I do believe there's a point where the line has to be drawn. Mm-hmm. I don't think that for Dooku, this was that line. Because before you get to that line, you have to exhaust all the venues. He did not try all the venues. That's true. He yeah. just went directly, which is why that word is so important. Mm-hmm. When he says eradicate, 
because it means we're jumping from point A to point Z, and I don't care what's in between. Right. Yeah, that's a great point. And that's where I I, I draw the difference. Yes, I, I do believe that at some point, and history has shown this, there's a point, there's an inflection point where a decision has to be made, when the, the move needs to take place, but it cannot be before, before other venues, before other ways, uh, other roads are exhausted. Right, yeah. Because then you just become exactly what you're fighting against. Mm -hmm. It's true. And he eventually says, I wonder if any meaningful change will come of this. And that that is part of what I was uh, I'm trying to say about all the, the steps, all the possibilities have to be explored because he's already went through from the corruption to the eradication. And now he's invalidating that even a minuscule twist right. can change anything. I see. I see what so, you mean. So, so right there, he's like, I'm not exploring any other venues because nothing is going to help. Nothing is going to happen. Ah, uh, yeah. You see? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You, you are saying that it's not going to work. You, you are saying it needs to be taken down. But then at the same time, you're already defeating it, saying it's not going to work. So, Mm. you know, it's it's like you're being your own enemy at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's uh, an excellent point. And I really liked that episode. And it was great seeing young Qui-Gon as a Padawan. (laughs) Yes. And, and, And seeing how he immediately, you know, like how he he knew what to do. Yes. Do, do you think this is the first instance in which Dooku has sort of, you know, lost it? Or or do you think Qui-Gon has experienced this before and knew that there was a way to go about it? I think that Qui-Gon has seen the build-up. Uh, Not necessarily something actually happening at that level and at that degree, but the build-up to that moment. Gotcha. It's like, you know, seeing a, a, a kid coming down in a bicycle down a huge cliff and he's just learning to, to ride a bike. Ah. You, you, you can see what's going to happen, right. but you don't know yet. So he's, he's been building up and he's seeing it, which is why I think he, he knew exactly how to yeah. jump in and, and, and make, which Duko himself realizes. And says, acknowledges. And acknowledges, yeah. you know, you... You, you you're wiser than I yeah. yeah which is I don't remember the the context anymore because again I haven't seen the movies in forever but I do remember uh Qui-Gon telling Obi-Wan that mm-hmm. you're you're a wiser man than I or something like that yeah. so it was great to see that um sort of parallel there and 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 that is the always the um goal of a teacher you know, that the student becomes the master. And, you know, I think that that is one of those significant things that usually happens between a mentor and a mentee. Mm-hmm. And that's the point when the mentor either dies or, like we see with Dooku, goes into a completely different path. Because that's <laughs> what happened with Kanan and Ezra. Mm-hmm. You know, Ezra was 
was wanting to learn more from from Canaan and Canaan's like I've taught you everything that you need to know and and Ezra said no you need to teach me about how to be a, a good person and this and that I forget the exact words and of course we know what happens to Canaan yeah and and the the underlying the underlying theme is always letting go yes yeah you know I, teachers students master padawan it's that level of I'm teaching you, I'm learning from you, and there's that point where we have to let go. Yeah. I have to move on and do something else, and you have to keep growing on your own. Right. Good stuff, Star Wars. <laughs> and so the next episode is Choices. So in this episode, Mace does not question. <laughs> Whereas Dooku does, and we already established that, that he likes to investigate, find the truth. So things like, why did Master Khatri die? Why did the senator escape? Like, these are questions they should be asking. But Mace is like, why are you concerning yourself with these questions? We've already gotten our orders. Let's carry them out and then go back and then present whatever, you know, lingering questions you might have and then follow up with whatever yeah, the council uh, tells he, you. He's a very bite the book, yes. follow the, the rules kind of guy. Yeah, and I'm like, Mace, why aren't you asking these questions? Yeah, and I love how, how Doku tells him, you know, your, your, your devotion, devotion to, to the, the rules, rules, you know. It's, it's sometimes inspiring and sometimes, sometimes maddening. Because it's like, my God, man. <laughs> You know, it's, you, you want to shake him up. Like, we're here. Yes, we have a, a duty, a duty yeah. to perform. But while we're here, part of our duty as well as Jedi is to find the truth. Mm-hmm. Let's find the truth. This is not segmented. This is not like, okay, you, you're doing this. I'm doing that. The other one is doing the other thing. No, we are a group. We, we are a family. We need to be more in tune, which is also one of the things that the Jedi started faulting in, in their idea of detaching. Yes. They did not create the bonds between themselves mm. that would have allowed them, would have allowed a person like Mace to see what Doku was looking and, and, and wanted, wanted to see and find out. Yeah. See, this is why, and I'm sorry, but, or maybe I'm not sorry, but <laughs> this is why you're my least favorite character. <laughs> no, I love Mace. I, I do I do like him because I, I can tell you, I am like Mace-like. I am very Mace-like. I'm very vigorous in, in that I have my own idea of how things should be. Mm-hmm. And it tends to shock people <laughs> it tend to you know i tend to bump heads with people because of it and and i do understand him unlike mace i have learned through my years ah, i see to soften yeah and he, to um you know accept he's another character i need to revisit because i i like again i don't remember much of you know what happens in the movies like in terms of the nuance 
that's there. I don't remember too much in the Clone Wars, so I, I definitely need to revisit that stuff. To see if he, at the end, started learning. Right, but or if he just became late. worse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, one of my questions initially was, uh, who was right in the situation, Dooku or Mace? And uh, to be honest, I feel like they both had merits in their arguments and there needed to be like someone in the they middle need, yeah they needed to be a compromise between their the two principles yeah the principles of finding the truth and the principle of following the the rules because we we see by the end of this episode that the going purely for the truth without thinking of the consequences led to somebody's death a right. lot of people's People's death death. yeah you know meanwhile going simply by the rule would have left a plot would have let something that could have other repercussions later go on and grow right exactly yeah yeah. they, they had to be a balance between the two of them which is interesting because as jedi you're supposed to have a balance of of several qualities yes but then it goes to show that in their goal of detachment they detached from each other as well mm-hmm. and then they don't connect they don't make that connection between themselves so this is why i love the connection between luke and and yoda or um canaan and ezra, ezra. you know because there's a connection and they don't let it break you know separate well, luke and yoda really yeah <laughs> Are you kidding me? He's Master Yoda, man. And well, I mean, his his own Padawan was Dooku. He didn't <laughs> have that connection, but he learned with age, and he had a better connection with Luke. Oh, I see what you mean. Oh, I got you. Okay, I I get it. <laughs> you know, learning, you learn. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And even at his age, even though he's like several centuries old, he still has a lot to learn, and we saw that in the mm-hmm. Yoda arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Raxus, this is the planet that they're on. It was previously in the Clone Wars. I remember Mina Bonteri was yep. involved in that. And there was also the planet in the Bad Batch, um, where they saved that senator that yep. was voiced by a Dr. Bashir of yes. the Star Trek D Space Nine. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was great to go back to that planet. And um it was one more way of seeing the corruption. It yes. was one more way of seeing how the the planets and how everything that we know is going to happen started developing yes. and started happening. Yeah, you the, know? the seeds were there. The, yes. We were being planted. And then how a, a, a person like, like Dooku ended up being the leader of all these people that thought they were being rebels and, and why, you In know? Time. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a, a great line from one of the um, the people that ended up dying, sadly, was uh, you and all of the Senate puppets will see a reckoning. Yeah. And that was a fantastic Classic line. line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, for, for the, your last words, bravo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and this is totally not important, but I really love the claws in their armor. Oh, yeah, right. The, the, yeah. The, 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 their fingers, the way they open. The, yeah, they have these uh, very gloves. thin, uh, pointy yeah. gloves. <laughs> 
that is a really cool feature. And why don't we see more of that in Star Wars? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, and then one of the other soldiers says, Jedi are lapdogs of the Senate. Their bidding always comes first. It's evident throughout the galaxy. Jedi claim peace, but mostly keep law and order for the rich and powerful. And this, of course, resonates uh, with Dooku because the guy has a point. Yeah. <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, that is true of a lot of, uh, in our own history, that is true of a lot of uh, peacekeeper um, mm. forces yes. that end up being more of an oppressor. You know, I think, um, oh shoot, I don't even remember it all that well, but I think the Hunger Games, like their military force, force. were called peacekeepers, peacekeepers. which was, you know, you obviously know. not true. But <laughs> but it, it, it's from the point you're seeing it. Exactly. It's the yeah. vantage point. Am I on this side or am I on yeah, that side? So on this side, they look like peacekeepers, <laughs> but on, on the, the other side, side, they're oppressors. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that Mace was like, Katri was a Jedi, she would have listened. But Mace, you're a Jedi, Jedi. And you're not listening. Are you listening? I don't think you are. No, because he's more (laughs) more, uh, preoccupied with the rules. Yeah. Yeah, Following the rules. And following the rules means you're not listening to what is happening. Yeah. And I, I like that Dooku says... Do you think the Jedi will truly keep peace if they continue to take everything the Senate says as law? And Mace is like, luckily, we are guided by our council and not by politics nor ego. And that shows the biggest ego of them Them all. all. The arrogance. Yes. And this brings me to a quote that Luke said in The Last Jedi about the Jedi Order when he said, if you strip away the myth and look at their deeds, the legacy of the Jedi is failure, hypocrisy, hubris. Yes. And all because they also were being manipulated. Yeah. And and were not really in tune with the Force as they should have been (laughs) to see what was happening. (laughs) So the next episode is The Sith Lord. I always say it as... I try to say it as uh, Mace Windu says it. I I don't remember which movie. But when when he goes, The Sith Lord... I'm exaggerating, of course, but, but my brother and I... There was an inflection yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, we're at the Jedi Archives, which is awesome. And... Yes. We need to discuss security. Yes, we need to we need to discuss how the Jedi Temple archives has very lax security here, okay? Because and I was telling my mom this, I work in an archive currently, which is great. It's the profession I've been wanting to get into. And it's just my supervisor, uh, me and my supervisor in the department, and there are other people that help contribute. When we give people the ability to see our collections and whatnot, they get a very limited access. You know, like they they aren't able to edit. They aren't able to delete. um, They're able to download. They're able to view it, but they can't do anything that would erase those, you know, records from our archive. 
And then here comes someone like who uh, who's been giving out these access codes and why hasn't there been a log of what they've been doing? Who's been doing what? Yeah, like uh, <laughs> you have a security system that says, OK, you need a code to do something like this. But why isn't that system keeping track of the fact that somebody came in, put in a code, and did something like that? Like, <laughs> come on, security people, security. <laughs> um, but aesthetically, the, the Jedi Temple archives are beautiful. Oh, I just, yes. I really love the, uh, I, when he was walking through, I loved seeing the little bar of, I guess, the, the digital book or but, whatever uh-huh. there it was there it was like floating up towards it was just really cool I really yeah. liked it um, it reminded me a lot of Tron Legacy because of that whole digital aspect right. yeah. yeah oh yeah and I have written in my notes there's a major flaw in this archive <laughs> <laughs> There should be only one or two people with clearance to erase information. Yes. <laughs> um, and so Dooku has been warning the Jedi Council of the coming darkness for many years now. And, and Yaddle says, speaking on behalf of the Council, there's no reason to cause undue alarm. And she also says, the wisdom of the Council is to be cautious until we know more. And again, this shows arrogance on the Jedi's part. And it also reminds me of the fact that we as a society, we wait for tragedies to happen happen, and then we take action instead of preemptively doing something to prevent those tragedies from happening. We see that the train is going to go over the the river and we do not help in building that bridge that's going to save that train from going over the river. Yeah, like they're... We they're... just wait for it to go over the river to then say, ah, we need a bridge. <laughs> yeah. It, it is a parallel to, to what we regularly do on our own world here, on an old reali- reality here, which is we, we see something is going to happen and we don't proactively work to find solutions to the problem uh point in case our climate yes we 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 have known it we we've known it i for decades i'm 56 years old going on 57 and i remember being 10 years old learning about recycling about the issue with water about climate change at 10 years old right that's 40 seven years ago and here we still are we know but we are not doing what we're supposed to be doing we are not taking and again goes to how far are you willing to go yes yeah but also like i I mentioned earlier just displays a sort of arrogance there like the jedi uh the jedi council will guide us will lead us as if the jedi council isn't uh, susceptible to outside manipulation. Yeah. And and just to clarify, when I say how far are we willing to go, I'm talking about our own will decisions on how much are we willing to give up of our present commodities, of our present um, possessions, how much of our comfort are we willing to give up to make it happen. Right, right. I don't know if this was purposefully done, but I do love the moment when Dooku and Yaddle, well, 
Well, well, let's go back a little bit. The fact that Qui-Gon was there and Liam Neeson was voicing him. Yeah. It's always great to hear his voice. It's I'm so like, iconic. Oh, that's Liam! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really iconic. And so uh, it, it, it was sad that that was the last moment he and Dooku shared. Sure. Soon after that, Dooku and Yaddle part ways down the hall, and there's this beautiful beam of sunlight that's in the direction that Yaddle is going in. So she's, you know, essentially entering the, 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 light. the light, whereas Dooku is walking away from it. And I just thought, wow, that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if I'm reading into it, but I really hope that that was the... That was the purpose the purpose of the there. whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and so why do you think it was important for Yaddle to follow Dooku? Actually, let's go back a little bit further it's great seeing Gattle in this yeah. episode <laughs> uh yeah and she was voiced by Bryce Dallas Howard which was really great because I, I I love Bryce Dallas Howard and uh and she did a fantastic job you know shifting her voice into something that didn't sound like her uh, yeah <laughs> so that, exactly. was, that was awesome I, I think that her decision to follow him was the the, the consequence of two things one the the arrogance Mm. Of me being the only one needed to stop whatever I'm going to find. Oh. And two, the fact that she already, uh, and this is uh, proved by what she tells um, Doku when she's hiding and telling him, like, you were right. We should have listened. So those two things, like, she knows if she goes back to the council, they're not going to listen because they haven't been listening. But at the same time, I can do it myself. <laughs> I don't know whether I got the sense that she could do it herself. I think she overestimated the power that she could have with Doku in persuasion. Oh, I see. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She gave Doku more more humanity, if you want to call it that, it, than he really had. It is interesting. Like, if she had some suspicion that something was going, going on, wrong. why didn't she tell someone else? Yeah. You know, when I decide to go someplace, I let other people know, hey, I'm going here. If anything happens to me, please be aware that I was there. But then that goes to my earlier comment about connections. Ah, uh, yes. If, yeah. you, if you don't make connections... You know, you have a lot of Jedis in the Jedi family, but they're not really family, and you know? You know? This, <laughs> this reminds me of Quinlan Voss because Quinlan Voss was very affectionate. He yeah. thought Obi-Wan was a brother to him. And so he saw the Jedi family, as the Jedi as his family. He was one of the few people who, to me, embraced the idea of... Of family. Yeah. Of what real family yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And, and but not everyone else thought the same, and no. he he was often the odd one. Yeah, considered the odd one. And and this goes and again, you know, if you don't have a connection with anybody around you, and you don't have that sense of I can trust you, I know that if I tell you this, you're not gonna go and 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 do something else or think me strange or for thinking it. it. Yeah, yeah, you're right that they operate on their own and and there really isn't a, 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 a connection. connection there. And so, you know, we have Qui-Gon talking with Sidious and he tells Sidious that Qui-Gon could have been a powerful ally. And do you think Qui-Gon if he had been like 
told of what's been going on? Do you think Qui-Gon would have fallen for that and no. become an ally? No, and this is why uh, Sirius tell him, for you, not me. me yeah. <laughs> for 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 Dooku, he probably would have tagged along for a little while just watching because, again, we know with from, the senator. Ke- from yeah. the, with the senator that he has seen things building, building yeah. and knew how to uh, act at the moment he, need, he, he, he needed to take action. So I think Sidious was right in that comment that for you, not me. Yeah. And and going back to your, you know, Jedi as a family, um, the fact that he was talking about Qui-Gon in a very son-like way, because when he's standing in front of the tree and he told Yaddle that I, I, I brought Qui-Gon here when he was a boy and like they had that relationship for a very long period of time. And he's one of those few that made a connection, but didn't know how to embrace it and how to develop it right and that's because of the jedi way Way. the jedi teachings and i should also preface this entire conversation by saying that i have not listened to uh i forget the name of the audiobook i want to say dooku lost or something like that i haven't listened to it so i don't know much of dooku beyond what i've seen uh, maybe I'll do it sometime in the future, but if there are bits of information in that story that could inform Fun. this com- conversation, you know, let us know. But um, we're just working with what we've watched. What, with yeah. what we have in front of yeah. us. <laughs> and so... Um, going- and unlike the Jedi, we do not deal in absolutes. Yeah. <laughs> At least I try. I try not to, but yeah. it's hard, no, man. It's, it's hard. hard, but you have to. You have to keep yourself in check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Sidious says... This is this is the, the the thing that Sidious that I was mentioning earlier that he finds that one thing, thing about uh, you that that thread and yeah, starts yeah. to pull it yeah, slowly. Yeah. And he says the Jedi blindly serve a corrupt Senate that fails the Republic it represents. And again, it just shows that that's the thing that matters to Dooku mm-hmm. and. Sidious is using it and manipulating him in a masterful way. Way. Yeah. Because he knows that that's what he cares about. If if we ever got, like, you know, those little masterclass sessions that they have online. Sometimes I see commercials for them on YouTube. Like, I would love to see a parody of that with Sidious. Yeah. (laughs) Talking like, if you want to learn how to manipulate people, (laughs) you can sign up for my course. Um, but in response to Yaddle saying, come back, you know, help me now, he says, I'm afraid. And at first you think he's just implying implying. that he is afraid of, of the repercussions of what might happen. But he's saying, he ultimately says, I'm afraid it is too late. Do you think it was too late after everything that he'd done? Do you think it was too late? Because... A lot of people tend to have that sort of mentality that they've reached the point that it's too late. And and Kylo Ren was one of them. You know, Han and and him were on that catwalk that should have had railings. (laughs) 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 And, and, you know, he, uh, Han is trying to get him to to come back with him. And and he thinks that he's gone too far. I don't think there's 
ever eat too late. I do think there are consequences oh, yeah. to what you have done that you are going to have to live with if you choose to step back. Mm -hmm. And I think this is what ultimately defeats that that point, like that moment where the quote-unquote bad guy is saying it's too late. Uh. It's not really that it's too late. It's not really that he's gone far beyond where he should have gone. It's himself realizing I'm not willing to accept the consequences if I stop right here. Ah, uh, I gotcha. So I might as well just keep going. Keep going because I, I cannot do that. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people can't. So they yeah. think I should just continue on with what I'm doing. And then when he kills her, it's very similar to how Anakin ends up killing him. It just, it comes full circle for Dooku because Sidious is manipulating Anakin and Anakin has him yeah. there on his knees. Sidious does the whole do it yeah. <laughs> sort of thing. And and he also, you know, he tells Dooku, kill her. And, and Damn, so, you're not yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I do like to pretend to be uh, Sidious from time to time whenever I use do it. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, I, I I really liked and I appreciated the, uh, the, the parallel there yeah. and how it, it really did come full circle for... For Sidious, and that, for, and that, for Dooku, I mean. And that um, when when Dooku falls to the floor, which is defeat, like, this is it. And I was very much like Anakin in the yes. office. Like, def yeah. I, I, defeat, like, I, I surrender, you got me, I'm done, yeah. I'm yours, yeah. you know. And then, and then when uh, Sidious says, uh, rise, my friend, or something like that, I was like, playing it loose with the word friend. friend, okay. <laughs> Um, so another, another thing that came across my mind is why do you think it was important for the creators to show that last display of power from Yaddle? She's opening the door, like this bright light is entering this very dark hangar and she's, she's holding it up. She's, and then all of a sudden she drops. Why do you think it was important for them to show that last minute? Hmm. I can only speak to the, the feelings that it gave me when I saw it. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like good is always going to try. Uh, it, yes. Up to the end, even if it stopped, it's always going to try. Right. And it's also because putting a thought out there and, you know, flicking your hand doesn't really give you that sense of I'm guilty of her dying. But holding that saver... And actually trusting. Oh, her. I see. Using the force versus actually yeah. stabbing and killing her with the lightsaber. Which yeah. it, it can go to today, you know, where a lot of people say a lot of things and they think they can get away with saying it. Because if anything happens with because they say certain words, it's not their responsibility, mm -hmm. you know. Because mm -hmm. it's easy to do that. Right. You know, from far flick a finger or say a word and I'm not responsible for what happens afterwards, mm -hmm. but it's different when it is your own hand, you know? Like, right. And that's basically that, that power dynamic of the light always coming 
always been there and you're going to have to get your hands dirty, yeah. real dirty to take it down. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's a and great way. Uh, yeah, because I was trying to think on it and think on it. And I just, I really couldn't come up with the words to describe how, what was I thinking? But that comes, what you said and, comes and, pretty and close. And it goes to when he drops. When, when he flicked his finger and he used the force, mm-hmm. he just stood up and yes. turned around. Yeah, yeah. Nothing happened, yeah. you know? The door did it for me. me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But when he actually Physically had to raise enter. his hand and do it, yeah. he drops to the floor. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't connect that. Nicely said, mommy. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. <laughs> um, and again, that, that's what it draw from me. Yeah, the, the scene but I can totally see it. Me. Yeah, yeah. And I also really liked this exchange between them. And this was some great writing from, from Dave and the crew where, where he says, I want only to bring peace and order to the galaxy, which is true. That's what he wants. But then she comes around and says, already so many have suffered from what you call order. Yeah. And, and then he, he, there's like this evilness yeah. in his voice when he's like then let me give you peace yeah. oh so good yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's it, it he said it you know corruption needs to be eradicated. eradicated when you use that word it means whatever means necessary yeah and so moving on to the next episode practice makes perfect uh i love the fact that kanan is fangirling yeah, over, over Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Yeah, in the background, love it. Listen, when she does the first move, he he looks at at, at um, um Adepa, Adepa, and, and then when she in the end goes and flips and kills all the droids, he stands up like, oh yeah. <laughs> and like, I wish, I wish we could have seen in Rebels, like when he finds out that Ahsoka is Fulcrum, like I wish he could have internally been like. Oh my god. Oh my god. Right. Breathe. Breathe. <laughs> it's Ahsoka. <laughs> I wish we could have had that. Maybe we could have it as a future Tales of the Jedi episode. <laughs> um, but do you think Anakin's tough love and his approach to training Ahsoka were a good thing? Like, I, I think he was crude. <laughs> because the least he could have done was compliment her at first. And, and even though he thought it wasn't a real test because it was all droids and it's predictable. But I feel like you could say, that was a good start. Let's do this. Anakin has something in common with Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. And in that, Anakin didn't really want to have a paddle one. Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. And Obi-Wan was not yeah, ready. ready yeah and he was made to follow on his own master's yes. teachings yeah so they are uh co-opted masters yeah you know and we see many times where obi-wan is crude and in a way rude towards anakin mm. in not making him feel like he did something good you uh, know like yes so he oh, is yes. just 
Yeah, See, yeah. he is just a reflection of, you know, what he was taught. Yeah. So if he was taught that way, he's going to teach that way. Yeah, you're right. Because I do remember in the, at one point, I, my brother and I would make fun of Anakin and be like, yes, master. Yes, master. <laughs> because he was just so annoyed and frustrated yeah. with the fact that nothing he did was good enough. enough. Yeah. yeah. So, so we, I, I don't blame him from be, for, for being like that with Ahsoka. Because mm. that's what he learned. That's what that's how he learned to behave. And and on top of that, the fact that he already has this thing about keeping those he care about safe. Yes. He does make connections more easily than Obi-Wan mm. did. Mm-hmm. Or at least Obi-Wan controlled them better yes. than yeah. Anakin. It's true. So this is how he shows his toughness and 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 brings the point across mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. you have to defend yourself. Yeah. One of my favorite things about this episode was seeing Rex, of course. <laughs> <laughs> my husband. What I really liked about Rex being present is the fact that even though he only had a few lines and nothing substantial, you know that over the years he builds this bond yeah. with Ahsoka. And with Anakin. And so that is obviously very essential because when Order 66 does happen, it is those very fleeting moments when he's able to get the word to Ahsoka to find fives that the reason he was able to do that was because of that bond and be able to resist it as long as he did. did. Yeah. And him being present in this uh you know uh, tough love (laughs) training Mm -hmm. uh and being worried he was worried that you know she's not working up and you can hear anakin said don't worry rex she's gonna she's She's gonna be okay (laughs) and so i I like that he was part of it so that he could continue forming that bond with ahsoka which will be really crucial for those last few episodes yeah in the in the series and so Anakin tells her, droids are predictable. I want you to be prepared for anything. And we already know the answer to this question, so I don't know why I'm asking it. (laughs) But do you think Anakin was this hard on her because he's afraid of losing her? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He wants to make sure that nothing ever happens to her, which is an impossibility because, you know, something is going to happen to her at some point or another. There are things we cannot control. But like in through Anakin fashion, he wants to control. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, he was going to make sure that she went through it. Yeah. (laughs) And and Jesse's actually the the clone that ends up tagging her first, First. which is heartbreaking (laughs) because Jesse turns out to be the clone in the final episodes that's determined to kill her. Based on Order 66. So, yeah. Thanks, Dave, for that reminder. (laughs) And and the fact that Jesse's helmet is also that that main clone trooper helmet that we see at the end there. And it's just, it's sad because, you know, here they are trying to, you know, training. Training, Without really knowing what what this would look like in in the future. And... Anakin mentions this is about life and death, and life and death is the name of the first of episode. the first episode that had Ahsoka in it. Ahsoka learns to accept it 
Anakin never does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, and he ultimately says, the best way I can protect you is to teach you how to protect yourself. And And I found it humorous when he said... If you can hold off Rex and the boys, you'll be ready for anything on a battlefield. Well, anything with a blaster, at least. Implying that if it was anything else, such as like a lightsaber, that she might not be able to excel because, because she, she doesn't really have that much of training in that with that weapon just yet. But we know that she does excel in that area, too, because she held her own against Vader. Yeah. And even cracked his his helmet in, in Rebels. So I, I thought that was a, like a chuckle. Yeah. <laughs> because, oh, man, Anakin, you've got another thing coming. coming. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things that I would love to ask Dave if I ever had the chance would be, uh, with that final scene in this episode of of Rex saying, "Here's hoping all that training pays off," and then you know the door opens and we see all those troopers. troopers. I would love to ask him whether that was a scene he had already envisioned when creating those episodes, or whether you know he saw that moment as an opportunity to insert this. And uh, yeah, and I'm sure he has a fantastic answer for that. <laughs> but yeah, that was that. That actually turned out to be my favorite out of all the six episodes, just because of that rebel that that Clone Wars connection. And the next and last episode is Resolve. So I know there were changes from the Ahsoka novel. And I remember having strong feelings about canonical changes from one medium to another in recent years, but I'm not as attached to canon as I used to be. Maybe it's because of my break or maybe because I'm getting old. <laughs> who, who knows? <laughs> you, you you get wiser with age. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> or at I, least you're supposed to. <laughs> at least you're supposed to, yeah. So all I'm going to say is Dave and E.K. Johnston are storytellers and artists in their own way. And as artists, they're going to have their own interpretations of those events. Um, and Dave even had his own interpretations for Ahsoka's uh, post-Jedi arc. Like he had a version in which she met up with someone called Nix Okami. And he was replaced eventually in a different interpretation with the Martez sisters. So yeah, so I, I just think as artists, they're they're welcome to write their version of what the story is. And so uh, I want to focus on this interpretation of the story. And, you know, the name of this episode is Resolve. And for any young kids listening to the show, uh, Resolve is the firm determination to do something. And the example that I found on Google for how to use the word resolve in a sentence <laughs> was she received information that strengthened her resolve. And that's basically Ahsoka. I was like, wow, Google, that sentence describes Ahsoka. <laughs> uh, Ahsoka received information through her experiences with the farming community and the Inquisitor, and that strengthened her resolve. And... Um, I really loved the the opening scene with the Revenge of the Sith animation, like just having that movie be animated in an yeah. animated format. And it actually helped me understand Dave's perspective because to Dave, it, whether it's live action or animation, it's all Star Wars. So to him, it's one 
it's all it all plays in part with each other. It's one big his, uh, story. Yeah. And it is what it is. It's yeah, the story. Regardless of what medium it is. And so for the longest time, I was like, no, animation is superior. And actually, I still believe that. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do I do understand his his perspective a bit more because it, it was really cool seeing a live action scene that we've seen before, but in animated it's form. Fun. And I'm sure um, he, he gets really excited when he gets to animate uh, when he gets to record live action scenes of oh, things that, that were he has animated. animated yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Ahsoka says to Bail, I'm tired of fighting. And it's an understandable sentiment because on one hand, Ahsoka is a person and she deserves to have a break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but on the other hand, Ahsoka has all this experience that could be useful to a greater cause. So do you think it was important for Ahsoka to step away or should she have jumped right back into the action? No, she, she needed to step away. Sometimes what defines you as a person is those little moments in, in your life. Actually, life is a collection of moments. All we are is a collection of experiences. We go through life experiencing things, seeing things, feeling things. And all this points is what makes who we are. And for Ahsoka, feeling the way that she felt in that particular point of her life, it was the best decision just to step away because that allowed her to see things from a different point. Yeah. Not as a Jedi, as a fighter, but as one of the many that were suffering. Mm. I'm just working. I'm just living. I'm just trying. And experiencing that, seeing that, and seeing what they all are being, everything that is being thrust upon them is what gives her the resolve in the end to step back in and do what she needs to do to make sure that this stops. Right, right. And and what I really liked about this episode too is when Bale tells her or indirectly tells her, we have a duty and obligation to uphold when we're able. And so I, I love that because he doesn't force her and most importantly, he doesn't guilt her. Yeah. Like, you have all these abilities. Why aren't you helping? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so he understands that there will come a time when hopefully she will rejoin. Um, but for right now, you know, I understand that when you're able. Yeah. Yeah. You do you now. Yeah. <laughs> you go, girl. Yeah. <laughs> and, and of course, I, I can't help but say, did you see all those Moon Knight references, Mommy, with the oh, moon? Oh, my Lord, in Jesus. In the sky? I, I, I knew they, this was going to come. And I purposely did not say anything while we were watching the episodes because I didn't want it to be interrupted by other things other than that what we were watching. But yes, I did saw all those Moonlight references. Yes, exactly. So in case you're not aware, uh, Moon Knight <laughs> is a Marvel series that I am completely in love with. Yes, she is. <laughs> she's lost in that one. Yes, she's, she's so all in. I have I have a corner of my room that's just dedicated to Moon Knight. It's yeah. all Moon Knight. It's an altar. It's, it really is. Yeah. yeah. All it's missing is a candle. Candles. Yeah. <laughs> With Oscar Isaac's face on it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
But yes, the Moon Knight references were impeccable. And <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Dave. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, yeah, he did that just for you. Yeah, Jenna. of course, of yeah. course. <laughs> Um, and uh, it was it was great to see Captain Rex waiting for her down there, and I, I like the fact that they didn't immediately split up following those arc of episodes, those last episodes of the series. So um, yeah, I, I mean I know that they do separate, but it was great to see that he was still with her at that point. So there's the brother and the sister in the farming community, and the brother believed the Empire brought peace. Yes. And that reminded me a lot of Tam yeah. in, in Resistance, yeah. who was defending her grandfather and, and you know, be- also believed that the Empire, you know, was just doing a thing. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, there are a lot of people who think that the Empire is doing good, um, when in reality, of course, they're not. And I also really, really love the fact that the Inquisitor was uh, voiced by Clancy Brown, who oh, yes. is always a favorite of mine. Ah, that man, yes, that voice. that voice. Oh, oh so iconic. Like, at the moment I heard him, I knew it. It was Clancy Brown. Um, and then I love that when you asked, who is that? Right as you asked that question, he, um, the character... <laughs> Yeah, uh, turn on the second half of his lightsaber, and you were like, oh, and I was like, that should answer your question. Yeah. <laughs> it was an inquisitor. Yeah, it was like right on point. Who is that? Yeah, <laughs> I wish I had recorded it. It was perfect. And then the way that Ahsoka fought him reminded me a lot of Obi Wan and Maul. In yeah. That- um, you know, the episode Twin Sons and Rebels. And I I also love the implication that it's not that they kept training in isolation that m- has made them, you know, so masterful. Uh, I think the reason they became masters at their craft was because they took the time to learn more about themselves. Selves. And that that's a, a, a lot of what I was missing in the order Mm-hmm. When the order was as its at its height, as its height, yeah. it's, it's that time everything was laid out. This point, jump to this point, jump to this point, go to this point, and and no, no, no time or space in between, you know. Mm-hmm. And these two people were forced in, in a way to take that time to think about themselves, their lives, what they do, what they want, you know, take time for them. Right, right. Yeah, it's essential. Yeah. Having that mental, mental space, mental health, even in a galaxy far, far away, it's important. And I also really liked the rusted ship that was in the background. background yeah. Because the, the camera or like the quote unquote camera kept focusing on it. And I was like, what? is that and like i know it was part of a ship and i like to think that it's a a gunship that the ones that the clones used to use yeah to me it's a remnant of of the past and i had written on twitter that it's like a a remnant that's looming over her and that's the the fight that she left behind Behind, but that's still there yeah waiting yeah yeah and and now she's going to embrace a new fight and I, i like that you see that rusted peace versus the 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 ship that comes in from the rebellion to to help them 
And, uh, and then someone I follow on Twitter, Paul, he said that it, it was a, a scar of the past. And I really liked yeah. that, that wording. Yes. And that's it. That's, uh, did you have any other thoughts for that episode? No, 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 not really. I, I just, overall, it, all this time that we've been talking, and we're talking about, what, 20-minute episodes? Less than that <laughs> no. in most cases, yeah. yeah. So very short, to the point, straight. So it shows you that you don't need two hours to give a story, you know? <laughs> you With thought and masterful or organization and presentation, you can carry a point across in, in a small amount of time. And these few episodes, just even when you put it together, yes, it, it makes the two hours or whatever, but each of them on their own informed a lot. Yeah. They of really the did. story yeah. in that little bit, you know, yeah. and they, they they were all so beautiful, um, animated. And oh they, gosh, they, yeah, I, I love the the mountains and Ardilla. trees. Oh, the squirrel, the little squirrel yeah. jumping as 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 Ahsoka and her mom was, were walking, jumping from branch to branch because it looked exactly as the squirrels jumping in the back of the backyard it's here, true. you know. Yeah, yeah, and, and it was it beautiful yeah. very beautiful made and and the dark areas were dark enough but you could still see yeah and, yeah. and the lights were not just lighted but colorful and, and yeah you know joel joel aaron is is always to thank him and his team are always to thank for that because i really love one of the my favorite things when whenever we see sidious you can kind of see his eyes, but, but at the same, same time, time, you don't. <laughs> you don't. And it's just, it's so well lit. And I, just, I love it. Uh, and I noticed that these episodes had another thing in common, and that was just like the use or, or, the, uh, or the display of wisdom. Like there was the wise elderly woman yeah. from the Togruta village. There was the, you know, the so-called wisdom from the Jedi Council. And then, you know, there's Dooku telling Qui-Gon that he is a wiser man than he is. And Anakin's, uh, what I would like to say, uh, is a wise choice. Anakin's wise choice in training Ahsoka the way that he did. And, of course, Ahsoka's own wisdom that she's gained over the years. So I was wondering if you had noticed that little, like, thread in the episodes. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it is what... Wisdom is supposed to be is is growth, right? All this collection of experiences is beyond facts. Yeah, everything that you go through, everything that happens, everything you're exposed to, aids in that wisdom, right? Yeah, and it's a a combination of knowledge, personal experiences, experiences. and and putting things into perspective. perspective. Willingness to listen, right? Willingness to try, mm-hmm. not just jump to conclusions, mm. but try. The willingness to accept the consequences of what you've done in order to stop, right? Right. You know, all that is wisdom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I just, I just hope we get to see more. Like I would love to see. M- episodes of Kanan. Uh, I would love to see 
uh, you know, the young Jedi arc and those kids. Oh, my I'm God. Like, I want to see. I, I refuse to believe that they've died yeah, in the yeah, purge. Yeah, I'm sorry. And I, I would like to see them in their own shorts. <laughs> I want to see the, what what's his name? Um, Gunji. Gunji. I know I that I, he is coming back in the Bad Batch. <gasps> yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. I do remember that. I do remember that in the, I think, the trailer. I forget. But, uh, yes, I, I do remember Gunji being part of the conversation. Oh, I'm so excited now. Yeah. yeah. So, but I would like to see how he got there, how he got to that yeah. point. Those little stories in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Things that add to people's wisdom or lack of. <laughs> and that connect, end up connecting threads because... Who would have think that, you know, connecting the, the Ahsoka story and her experiences with Dooku, Dooku. Yeah. stories and experiences, you know? Yeah. Like, seeing how the these characters that we see in one way, yeah. in one dimension, that we're very can separate. actually have other dimensions and interact with other yes. um, threats within the story. So true. And I would love, I, I doubt this would ever happen, but I would love for an episode of Rowan Freemaker from the Lego Star Wars <laughs> Freemaker adventure, Adventures. Like, I would love to see that. Like, get Bob and Bill back in that writing room and have them write another Rowan story because there's so much potential in that. And, you know, I, I know people are like, but the Lego Star Wars is different. Yes, I know. I get that. <laughs> but, you know, the beats and like the, 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 the core at its core, it's still Star, Star Wars. Wars. And like, I would love to have them. Con- I mean, Valeria, who was a character in that show, has appeared in, in a few instances here and there. So give me Rowan Freemaker. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I want it. Um, but yes, uh, it was great. It was a great series. And I, I hope you all enjoyed listening to this episode and our thoughts and opinions on it. Um, if you have anything to share, please do. We'd love to hear your own thoughts, yes, too. Is what we say is not written in stone. No, exactly. It's just yeah. what we feel and what we see in, in the moment, moment and we, yeah. what we experience, which can connect with what you're experiencing, but it can be totally different. It's true. And that is perfectly fine. Yep, yep, yep. And so that's it for today's episode. We'll be back to talk about The Bad Batch in January because it premieres January 4th. And, but until then, Mommy, where can listeners find you? Uh, listeners can find me on Twitter with the handle at Hoovian214. And listeners can also find me on Twitter with the handle at Hola Jonah. So I am a new, I have a new handle if you weren't aware. Uh, I just wanted to like generalize it. I didn't want it to be like one specific thing about one specific fandom, even though I could technically tweet about anything but uh i just i wanted a change so hola jonah and geeky bubble on twitter with the handle at geeky bubble pod and may the force be with you always always